Welcome to the Real-Time Recap, brought to you by the Unity Education Team. My name is Thomas Winkley, and I'll be your host. Each episode, we're going to be bringing you highlights talking about the news, community efforts, and future of technology to keep all of you tied into the future of Real-Time 3D. You can find a link to our Unity Facebook community and Discord in the show notes. Also, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to get the updates every time we release an episode. And if you have a colleague that you know would love to jump into the world of real-time 3D or is already there, send this their way. Back to school means a lot across the globe, and it hits everybody a little bit differently. For some, it's a time of joy, excitement, power, right? These new kids are coming in. You're going to shape the future. For some of us, it's also, you know, a little bit of stress. We got to worry about grading and preparing lesson plans and waking up earlier than usual. Whatever that feeling is, we wanted to make sure to have a fun episode to sort of get you all excited and give you something to listen to, whether you're prepping for the first week or maybe decompressing after wrapping that first week. Before we dive into the big bad back to school episode, though, there's two things I want to talk to you about. First of all, our Unity Student Plan promotion. Any student that signs up for the Unity Student Plan through, I believe, the end of September is going to get access to, of course, Unity Pro. They're also going to get the free Senti Asset Pack that comes with that. But on top of it, they're going to get six months access to Layer AI Pro, which allows them to create their own art styles and then use that to generate concept art for their projects. And access to the Odin student license, which allows them to customize the Unity Inspector to enhance their workflow while making games. The other thing I want to talk to you about is Unite 2023 happening in Amsterdam on November 15th and 16th. November 15th is going to have a kickoff party at the Heineken Experience, and then November 16th, we have a full day of educator-specific content set up and ready for you. And educators get in at a special rate of 125 euros plus tax. So if you can make it there, We would love to see you. You can register with the link in the show notes and the discount code is also there for you to get that special price. Okay, now without further ado, let's start the show. We're here with the real-time recap. This is uh, episode six and you probably heard my voice doing some like fancy schmancy intro, but I want to give a secondary intro to someone who's joined our community that I'm so excited to have a part of our team, Uh, Kirk. What up, man? Hello. Hello, Internet. How's it going? <laughs> yeah. Y'all may y'all may know Kirk a little bit from, you know, an introduction post on Facebook. But, you know, Kirk is taking the role that Carmen started and going to be extending it and blow, helping us blow this community up in a good way, not the bad way. Reverse, um, reverse blow up. Reverse blow up. <laughs> We're going to take this community further and help, you know, build out the resources that everybody has. Um, and, you know, he and I are going to be tag teaming this. So I guess we should start from the beginning, Kirk. Who are you, man? Tell the people oh. who you is. I like I like you say, uh, I'll say the first thing about myself. I love wrestling. You said tag team. We're going to be like, a, mm-hmm. let's think of a good. No, I was about to say Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty. If anyone mm-hmm. knows okay, any okay. Uh, wrestling. I'm I'm familiar with the Heartbreak Kid. I'm not f- familiar with Marty okay. Jannetty. But... That's a bad example because Shawn Michaels throws Marty Jannetty through a window. So okay. <laughs> listen, well, none of us are throwing each other through a window, <laughs> as far as I know. As okay. far as I know, that's against you to be policy. For the this is for the kids. <laughs> it's for the kids, and we don't throw kids through windows in this podcast. Yeah, but hi everybody. Uh again, my name is Kirk Musney. Yep, I'm the new senior community manager for the Learn team. Uh man, background on myself. Actually, I'll start with the story of how I got started with Unity. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was in a computer lab in Charlottesville, Virginia. Uh, it was circa 2009, and I started the game development club for my my community college. And I, I stumbled on something called Unity that you needed a Mac for, and right. only a Mac. <laughs> and I remember asking my advisor, hey, can I have $5,000 for two iMacs? Because I can't make video games unless I get Macs. And he goes, let me think about it. Gave me a funny look. And then a week later, he was like, all right, we have our Macs. Go ahead and make video games. And We have two iMacs. Yeah. And it was like um, starting out on that. We didn't even have Unity Learn. We had just like random PDFs on the website about yep. how to make like a tank game. And it was Unity 3. So yep. <laughs> it's it was really old. And that was 2009. And, you know, I started making games in Unity then. And I think that's when my first global game jam was was 2009 2010 and ever since then there was just been like in and out of making games i've been in the industry since 2011 formally yeah like just starting freelancing in new york city shout outs to now code nation i was script ed uh, coder dojo as like my educational background for for video games teaching writing unity curriculum uh taught like kids as young as like third graders how to make games and then teachers how to make games and it's led to you know being with unity meeting thomas i was originally hired as an instructional designer on the learn team and i've also been on the professional training team so i've trained adults children maybe ai maybe a dog (laughs) i'm sure there's a dog somewhere that's making games we haven't met yet I'm Isn't sure that crazy? That. This is the timeline. It's not yeah. a simulation where that's not a possibility, but <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that's the background. A lot of lot of chops in the Unity world, and I'm, I'm excited to be bringing you like to the crew and everything because I think you'll have unique insight, you know. And like you said, you've been teaching forever, um, and you've done a lot of community work, a lot of community growth. Yeah. Um, trying to think of cool questions to ask you. So, been doing Unity since '09. It's about yeah. when I first saw Unity. I still remember the GDC when I saw Unity. And it was like the four founders sitting at a card table oh, really? in like the small community area with their little Mac, like their Macs, right? <laughs> they had their CRT Mac and they're like, look, this makes games. Um, what a wild time to think now. Like you walk into GDC and the Unity booth is like 40 by 40 with two floors. And oh, yeah. It's a yeah. whole different, different animal. But so let's talk since we're getting to know you. Let's talk video games. What are you oh, playing? Sure. What are you playing? currently? <laughs> what are you gaming on? What are you playing? Sure. Um. I wish this was on video. I was when we were prepping. I was like swiping my hair to the right, make sure it looked good. <laughs> and I, I added a uh, in the the voice world. Yeah, we we can see each other in video. I added yeah. some like stuffed Pokemon in my background. I saw that. Yep. Yeah, I was telling Thomas I just came back from New York City for Pokemon Go Fest, and that's been my recent uh, obsession. I love Pokemon. I just started playing Sapphire again. Awesome. So, yeah, Street Fighter. Uh, if anyone gets to know me and Thomas, we're both like really passionate. He's smiling right now. Yep. I can see like joysticks in his background. I'm, I've been playing street fighter since 2000, actually no 1992 when I moved to New York city on a street fighter two championship edition cabinet yeah, in the Bronx. The classics. Yeah. And you know what? Like talking about community, 
I feel like the fighting game community helped me uh like become who I am as a community manager, like yep. being on message boards, forums, trying to figure out, you know, daily tournaments and the people around you and then connecting them and going to different, you know, tournaments that like sparked a little yep. bit of my community community management days because as a kid, I was never allowed to, you know, travel like that. I just went to my local arcade. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the world in those days was a bit smaller too, right? Where now like the connectivity is so much easier. Um, <laughs> yeah. We so, have the rooms. So now that we kind of know, you know, we know you a little bit more. I think it's it's worth noting that like, because now this team has myself, it has Kirk, we have a community manager together. That's probably going to change the tone of this podcast a little bit because mm-hmm. it's not just my baby. Now it's our baby. Oh, um, And we're going to co-parent this podcast together, which I'm excited about. So I think it's worth noting that this episode is all about back to school, right? So we've got some really, really cool content coming your way. Um, So I hope you're all excited. First of all, um, we're going to have interviews from some really awesome educators that I've been able to get to know the last few months. So Dr. Chris Alexander from TMU, uh, he calls himself the video game prof, does a lot of amazing stuff in esports. He's also a fighting game junkie as well. Uh, He was the number one ranked um, Sean player. Um, oh, really? On uh, Xbox Live for Third Strike. Yep. Wow. On the remake. Um, he's a, a great dude, speaks all over the world, does a lot of cool social impact work in education. We're also going to have some time spent with uh, Dr. Gordon Bellamy from USC. He leads gay gaming professionals. He's also just a really prolific educator. He's worked in industry and now on the education side. Um, and then we're going to dive in and wrap up with an interview with Alex Grady, who has just worked on and is part of the launch of the new product, the Unity Education Accelerator. And I don't want to go too far into detail, but I know, Kirk, you've been immersing yourself a ton in setting up how the community side of that's going to run and everything. Yeah. Um, why don't you give a little precursor on what the, uh, the Unity Education Accelerator is before we, you know, you can go to the Alex interview for the full detail. But. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a it sounds like a really good opportunity for a lot of our teachers to get ahead on their development and prepare their classrooms for, you know, their students and teaching unity. And I know it was a, what was it called? The UEE? What was it? Oh, UAA was UAA? what it was previously. Yeah. All the, all the acronyms. So this is like the, uh, the new, new on the block. And uh, we're really excited to have uh, a lot of our teachers come through and prepare for certification. Uh, me and Thomas have been working on a, a discord server for, one of the programs within the accelerator, which is a professional development. So we'll be in there teaching people how to make games and how to prepare your your classroom. I was just working on like our, our weekly powwows and how we're going to get together with all the teachers. And I'm just really excited to to see the the gamut of teachers and yeah. and who's going to come in and what they're going to learn. So, yeah, really exciting stuff. Congratulations to Alex and team. They've done you know, I've only been here for two weeks, but I've seen the work that, you know, has been in flight. So congratulations to that team for launching it. I'm really excited for the teachers to jump in and and have at it. Yeah, me too. Um, before we jump off into the full part of the episode and let you all go wild, um, Kirk, if I was an educator and I wanted to talk to you, I wanted to reach out to you, what's the best way I could connect with you or what are the ways I could connect with you? Oh, yeah, sure. Well, first off, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't joined our Facebook group, you should totally join the, uh, what's the name of the uh, it's Facebook the group? Unity oh. Educators group. And uh, the link is actually in the show notes. So you can click that and it'll take you right to it. Perfect. So I'm uh, I'm one of the admins there and I have an intro video there. So feel free to 
reach out to me and comment on that video and say hi. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn. Uh, first name is Kirk, K-I-R-K, like the captain. So I'll steal that from everyone because everyone calls me captain anyway. <laughs> and then last name is M-U-S-N-G-I. And you pronounce that like hanging. And you take the and you say musgi. Music. So you can you can find yeah <laughs> you can find me on LinkedIn and then my name Kirk dot at unity three d dot com. Just feel free to reach out. Anything that you need, if you need support, I got gotcha. you. Perfect. Well, again, thank you all so much for tuning into this episode. This is just the beginning. We're just kicking it off. We're going to move forward into all of our back to school excitement. I hope you're all having an amazing back to school experience. If you're prepping or if it's already started, you know, I hope you all are enjoying this and these interviews bring you excitement, bring you motivation and know that like as you're working on teaching the future of technical education and doing all this work that uh, we're cheering for you over here at Unity. So we'll jump into our interviews and um, enjoy the rest of the episode. First, we're going to sit down with Gordon Bellamy from USC. He's also the owner of Gay Gaming Professionals, an incredible nonprofit doing amazing work in the field and talk about what his back-to-school prep is like, his theory on teaching games, and, you know, where he comes from. I'm Gordon Bellamy. I'm a full professor at University of Southern California. I'm also the CEO of Gay Gaming Professionals, also a very active dodgeballer, um, and a big proponent of STEM education in schools. Um, I specifically teach in the USC Games program, which is a joint venture between Viterbi, the School of Engineering, and the School of Cinema at USC. Which is a really cool way to look at it, right? Like, as I've gotten to know more about USC and work with the crew there, um, on the cinema side quite a bit, actually, um, I want to do more work with the gaming folks. We need to talk about that. But, you know, really cool that they're combining the two because gaming is storytelling, right? And cinema is storytelling. And it's a really natural connection. Absolutely. Well, it's not only storytelling, but it's also empowering of people. Right. Right. So it's bringing those together, the difference between, um, I guess, uh, narrative storytelling in the linear sense and interactive is that we have this conversation between player and game uh, that we're able to bring to life. Yeah, that's I couldn't I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. That's why you were the interviewee because you got that you got the words. Um, so what drew you to game development and real time 3D and inter this interactive medium? Sure. Uh, so I've always uh, been drawn to games. Um, my entire life, the the life uh, as a player, I was I began as a gamer uh, playing games, but to be able to share that joy, share that truth of yeah. games with others is something I've always wanted to do since my earliest memories. Uh, as far as 3D, I was drawn to 3D originally in one of my best friends in college got an SGI in their dorm room. Okay. And so for me, it wasn't uh, Mario 64 or Doom. It was actually 3D rendering that brought me uh, into the 3D realm. Gotcha. Yeah. I, and that is a not, I don't know how many people would be exposed to something like an SGI, um, myself included. How about, can I ask, can you give a little description of what an SGI is for those that may sure. not know? Sure. Well, I mean, way back when, um, graphics were primar primarily 2D sprites that were rendered on screen. And there were these machines, there's a whole company, Silicon Graphics, yeah. which was at the forefront of rendering 3D images and not only just rendering them, but lighting them, et cetera. And it was magical, much in the same way that 3D play 
is magical once you yeah. begin to experience it. So that's how it began. And so back then, back in the 90s, it was uh, revolutionary for our minds to be able to consider um, images yeah. as 3D renderings. It'd, it'd be like moving from painting to sculpture. Yeah. Absolutely right. It's like almost like that first time we saw that cinema film of the horse moving um, in that flipbook style animation, right? Like that. It's it's incredible. And there's so many cool companies back um, from that original day. And what a cool way to get exposed to it, right? Because like you said, most of us, like myself, I was exposed through Mario, Doom, um, Heretic, if anybody played those games on the old PC, Unreal Tournament, you know, that kind of stuff. But. Oh, all fantastic games, once and, yeah. once and for all. So uh, I guess as a professional, however, so I was a, a lead designer on Madden Football mm. back in the day. And so we rendered the 3D graphics. So instead of rotoscoping them, we rendered yep. images um, on silicon graphics machines. And that was my first um, experience, yeah, bringing 3D to life in what was still uh, a faux, faux 3D um, yep. back then, but 3D enough for our imaginations. Yeah, absolutely. And so coming from, you know, Madden football, working at presumably EA, because that's who makes that game. Sure. And then what drew you into the world of education? What pulled you into teaching? Oh, understood. So, I mean, I come from a family of educators. I I was, a, you know, a mathlete as a kid. I went to math camp and science camp uh, my entire life. I um, Education has always been a big part of my life. I, I went to Harvard undergrad which is a educational institution where you're yep. you're focused on how education can empower you to do anything, whether or not it exists yet. Yep. And it propelled me into games and education because uh, we went out west uh, to follow Trip Hawkins, who had founded EA, who was also a Harvard grad, and uh, that was the dream. And so I guess uh, even my professional career has always been infused with education. The first time it became more tangible um, was when I was running the IGDA for the world. And we had our IGDA scholars program, which was, you know, how do we cultivate the next generation of the best and brightest? And this was around the birth of yeah. most games programs or even games related programs where we were really trying to find people who had a, a passion for games in all its facets right. and help cultivate them and, and build their professional development. And it's something we continue today with unity uh, right. with our GGP um, scholars who got to go to GDC last year and, and be so enriched. It was just, it's so amazing to be able to, uh, to build those bridges. And obviously day by day, um, day in, day out, say I'm looking for at USC yeah. uh, where we have an incredible set of, of young people, who are either committed at the graduate level where they've gone out in the world, now they've come back and they really, games are what matter to me and where I want to focus, or the young freshmen who've, you know, come in age 17, 18, 19 or so, and are like, I want to commit my life to moving interactivity forward. And they trust us to help them get there um, and also to learn with them along the way. Right, yeah, to like almost like set them on the path, right? I think that's the... The thing I found, like, because I'm much newer to the education space, right? Came from professional, moved into, mm -hmm. you know, more secular education, I guess, right? Collegiate, yeah. all that type of stuff. And it's really interesting to see that educators are guides, right? They point the students and kind of let them run and kind of just, like, correct their course gently as they're running down these paths. Oh, absolutely. Like, I find purpose um, in helping people get from point A to point B who don't know how. 
Uh, one of the one incredible things about working with you, Thomas, frankly, is it, it looks as easy as breathing the way that you help people move forward, you know, in their learning. Uh, the help, the way you got me onto this call, for God's <laughs> sakes, uh, is an absolute joy. And it, it's great to spend time with someone who has the, 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 the teaching, or as you identified, the, the guiding, right? Because that's maybe a big difference today is that learning isn't so much rote learning. Um, yeah. You know, when I was in school, we learned our states and capitals. Lansing, Michigan, Dover, Delaware, I can do it right. all day. Today, it's important to learn what the capitals do. Yeah. And it's the same thing with gaming. I'll tie it to Unity, right? Like, like what does it mean to, to understand Unity? It's not to memorize a set of facts about Unity. Right. It's to understand how it can empower your visions, how you can now collaborate on it, right? Collaboration is such a big part of work yeah. nowadays. Um, how you can monetize it, if that's what's important to you. Right. Uh, how you can distribute and share it, if that's what's important to you. Uh, and so there's these fantastic verbs that are available to to young people and old people and medium people. There's not even an age, I guess, to young as a psychographic, to people sure. who want to learn more. Right. Um, that we have this privilege of getting to empower, or as you and said so wisely, to guide. So I, I have a loose plan for a lot of these conversations, but I think their main goal here is to celebrate that we're all, you know, it's back to school time. It's a oh, season yeah. of return. It it's, uh, you back know, depending on globally where you are, I know, like, I found out the Netherlands is back to school September 1st. Uh, okay. The U.S. is spread across the month of August, I feel like. It's anywhere from the 6th to the 28th, but it's all over the place, right? So do you do, do you have any, like, back to school prep rituals or things you do before before the semester kicks off? Sure. Um, well, I spend a lot of time with my friends and family. Mm. Uh, first and foremost, uh, one of the, the privileges of an academic calendar is that you have some summertime in America, in some right. cases, in some cases you don't. Sure. But for me, uh, I double down on that. I also, I, I like to do um, just some more surfing and just sort of see what is you know in the zeitgeist as far as what kind of tools way the ways people are communicating about things yeah. so that i can be present um in the ways people are communicating about ideas and information and such um i also you know i find myself connecting with fellow uh teachers and professors more I think we, for me, I think I find to take a break and go deeper into other facets of my life. But I, before school starts, I find myself returning uh, to our academic community and just checking in with each other. It's, it's, it is challenging work that we all share. Yeah. And sometimes it's really meaningful to be able to have conversations where that challenge is a default expectation and, and you're able to, uh, lift each other up sometimes just by listening you know yeah and being heard by someone who's in the same boat is very different than someone who's looking out on the water agreed like the empathetic conversation can be powerful and a good way to prep um yeah. so the final piece the final thing before i thank you for all the time i know you have a lot going on is you know aside from the usual stuff right unity learn the educator hub 
this podcast, which you should send to all your friends and rate and review and do all the influencery stuff. Um, what are any good resources you recommend, Unity-based or not, um, that you find yourself referencing for research or anything like that? Well, I think that the, the Unity resources are, are great. I think, you know, what I would love, actually, would be Thomas Winkley's Guide to the Unity Resources. I think that that it is, they can be so vast as to be indigestible. Okay, right? fair. And um, I think anything that would help oh, as a window into that would be great, uh, whether it be as a new student, as a new teacher, so on and so forth. Um, for me, uh, gamedeveloper.com, you know, yeah. is a great it's resource great just to reconnect with, uh, once again, like, like I like to say, the zeitgeist of what's going on. Um, and then supporting each other. I mean, we're all learning too. Yep. And a big part of learning, a big part of being collegial is the people with whom you share the journey, not just the information. And so I think, um, as I consider it out loud, uh, the greatest resources are conversations like this. Yep. Uh, so I'd reach out to Thomas Winkley. Mm-hmm. and unity and reach out to each other reach out to me gordon bellamy i'm on linkedin uh i'm on twitter x and instagram and all the you know all the socials mm-hmm. discord um i think the more we lift each other up the more we'll be able to learn iteratively throughout the year not just you know in this kickoff moment and the more intelligently we'll be able to adapt to yeah. the new information and to share, which is like the best part anyway, sharing information, sharing best practices yep. um, over the course of the school year. And hopefully we'll all like, you know, peak by the time we all go to hopefully GDC. Are you going to GDC this year? Uh, I should be. I should be. Perfect. The plan is there. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Um, yeah. By the time we get there, we'll be already well connected um, in meaningful ways. Agree. Well, thank you so much, Gordon, for your time. Um, yeah. Hopefully, educators, you found like, you know, again, we want to get as much information. Today. Oh, I see you. you got oh, it. I want to talk about one more thing. It's oh, yeah. Go I've for been, it. Please. I've been doing it for a few years now. And um, just I love talking about these things. So um, something I love to do is um, teaching my classes actually in Discord. And by that, I mean, um, I actually have the students ask their questions in Discord rather than raise their hands. And, um, and for me, it, it addresses two things. One at least for me, I have a primarily digital set of young people. So they're going to be on their phones no matter what. Yep. And so I can either fight it or be where they are. Uh, but number two, what I found is that it democratizes who asks questions. So I get a lot more thoughtful people, quiet people, uh, a lot more people who don't identify as male, a lot hmm. more people of color who ask questions, uh, students for whom English is a second language it removes some of the performative element of asking questions when they have time and when all these communities have time to know they'll have a turn and to formulate their questions. And it also has an ad level of accountability because the questions are there for everyone to see. It's part of a, of an academic discourse. It's part of academic, it's part of your record, but in a wonderful positive way because they have the chance to build on each other like Legos um, with their questions and for me, um, I have a record of every question that was ever asked. Yeah. For my own sort of reflection and growth and just, you know, what I thought, where I thought that the learning was going to go when I provide agency to students versus where it actually went when they have that agency is much like a game where you can design forever, but until you play test, you don't know what you have. 
And until you're able to adapt to that play test, you haven't really progressed towards final experience or towards living, you know, right. service experience. Um, so just something just to throw out there uh, the, to, to explore. I'd love to talk to people about it who want to talk about different ways to to give students agency in their um, classrooms in person or remote. And I love that as an idea too, because my first thought when you said that was, oh my goodness, there's a record and not like a record on who's interacting, but you know, we spend a lot of time like on the unit on the product side of like, when we go to announce something to the community, we sit down and think about what are the frequently asked questions going to be. And this is literally an answer key that you're giving, right? That you can document or pin in your discord channels and yeah, just a useful tool. Um, and I love the idea that those that may not be as willing to speak up publicly are more comfortable writing, right? I, Absolutely. Yeah. More comfortable writing and more comfortable knowing that their turn is coming versus they need to command the attention of the room to demand it's their turn to talk, which right. is a, just a different um, dynamic. It's a more um, competitive aesthetic. If you think about aesthetics of play, uh, I just hope to move towards, you know, always towards more collaborative inclusive uh yeah. ways of communicating no i think it's great and i think educators you should definitely link up with gordon on linkedin and or x or discord um i will be posting his socials in the show notes um so we can all connect up but again thank you so much gordon for your time man it's been an honor next let's talk to dr chris alexander from TM University in Toronto about his approach to teaching game development and how he feels about esports, game development, and how they tie together. My name is Dr. Chris Alexander. I'm known as the professor of video games. Uh, my work focuses on video game design, esports broadcasting, and virtual production. I can expand on those if needed, but that's the usual pitch intro. Perfect. And to make sure, just for those who may not know what virtual production is, you're talking film production using real-time 3D tech, right? Correct. This idea of you are replacing backgrounds, but using real assets. Sometimes we're scanning using LiDAR sensors and the like. And some of your favorite shows and commercials employ this technology. Yep. Absolutely. And of course, you know, shameless self-promotion, Unity is a tool you can use to do that. <laughs> so if you're an educator out there thinking, oh, it's just games, it's not just games. We say that a lot, but um, cool. So what drew you to this world, this universe of game dev, virtual production, esports, all the things you are swimming in right now? Well, the thing that drew me towards this field was uh, my brother at the age of eight brought me into an arcade and showed me a game called Street Fighter 2. And he yes. played as Guile and I saw somebody throwing sonic booms and I was like, I want to do that. And then I obsessively Forever. just, I was in there playing games regularly until the age of 14. I told my parents I wanted to play video games for the rest of my life, and they said, sure, no problem, as long as you pay for it. And then I learned how to build my own computer so that I could pay for it and then play for it. And yeah, I guess in 2008, I was asked to um, teach at a university in Toronto called University of Toronto, game design to kids aged six to 16, possibly at the same time, how to build games, and I'd never done it before, so I said, yep, absolutely. And after eight weeks of this camp, I decided, you know what? This is it. There's so much outside of the playing of video games that to be obsessed with. And that's where it all started. Yeah. And so before teaching this camp to younger kids, you hadn't really done any game development in like another engine, Unity, Unreal, Godot, anything like that, right? Not at all. I was just obsessed with frame data, obsessed with timing, obsessed with... Uh, 
I don't know, activation windows. I knew what I didn't know at the time was terminology, but I, it's just, it was an actual obsession language. Yeah. And so I, I like to drive this point home because I think in our community specifically, specifically in like K through 12, there's a lot of educators that are <clears throat> math teachers, English teachers, science teachers that are then on a journey or are being transformed into technical educators, right? CTE teachers. Mm -hmm. And I think it's important to know, like, just because you didn't spend 20 years writing code doesn't mean you can't teach game dev, right? Not at all. One of the examples that I give uh, in the classroom was uh, Candy Crush. So for those of mm -hmm. you who don't familiar, Match 3 puzzle game, Candy Crush, um, somebody wrote a line of code so that one in every 1,000 people would spend a dollar in Candy Crush. And upon successful implementation, King at the time was making, I think, $68 million a day. That's so crazy. And then Activision Blizzard came and purchased King. And then Microsoft came and is eyeing to purchase them all. And that's right. not from playing. Those are mathematicians. Those are chemists, physicists, physio, uh, folks that work in physio that understand the physiology of humans and dopamine. And if we, you know, adjust these numbers just as much, one in every 1,000. Those powerful numbers. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think it's important to keep the message of like, Y'all are expert teachers, and we're going to provide you the curriculum to go out and deliver your stuff and knock this all out. So um, let's jump on the uh, the back-to-school topic. So it is back-to-school season. You know, it the season – I feel like the season, because we serve a global audience, is varied, right? Like my colleagues' kids started school this week, which we're recording this a bit early. It's like the 15th of August. But then I see school starting the 28th into September. What's your back-to-school prep look like? You know, after you've got your summer off, what's your what's your going back-to-school ritual? Well, uh, I like it because in the summer off, I'm actually learning Unity. <laughs> so I just <laughs> I just go into the lab and I study that and playing Street Fighter Six, obviously. Yes, but sir. yeah, the ritual is preparing what these students are coming back into. And this year, I'm super excited because we've got a uh, prototyping and testing course where awesome. uh, two students have worked together to build a four-player arcade cabinet that's primed and ready to test student games. So it's the first course of its nature in my department, the creative school, where students are gonna be building rapid iteration four player games to be played by the community on this new arcade tablet. And we're gonna so do cool. it all together in lockstep. I've done it before, previous institutions I've taught at, but it's my first time doing it here at uh, TMU. And I'm super excited because that, exactly what I just told you, is baked into the syllabus. And the students are like, oh shoot, we're doing this for real. So that's what my back to school prep looks like. Awesome, getting the syllabus ready. What, uh, I, this is off topic, but what parts are you using for that? Are you using Sanwa or what, are you doing like the arcade build? Yeah, like we, we use those Sanwa parts. Yo, oh, I can't, it's a podcast, I can't show you, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sanwa parts and actually the brains of the entire machine is a Steam Deck. So we okay. have two partitions, one on Linux running Proton because there's a bigger political message I'm trying to push there with Linux stepping into the OS right. game and the game development game. But also you can boot into Windows as well, depending yep. on how we're going to be exporting this. We're going to be targeting Unity as our choice platform for the creation of this four-player uh, experience. And we might actually try to push to web so that we could easily run it through there. But I haven't yet tested how we're going to talk to the machine. Um, can't even remember the names of the board that we bought. We got two different boards for the... Uh, joysticks so they could show up as four different cool. x inputs but yeah cool. cool 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 all right and um all right so this is an easy question maybe an easy one maybe a hard one but like we've talked about what drew you we talking about kind of what your prep cycles like what 
what do you find to be the most important part when delivering this type of content to students? Like if there's, is there like a, a silver bullet or a magic tool that really helps them grasp or jump on this? The silver bullet that I use successfully every single year is a fake opening assignment where I ask students to tell me which is their favorite game and what is the core mechanic that drew them to that game. Mm. Then we look over it. Well, I look over it, first of all, and then I secretly go back and update all of my slides to reflect the games that they play, because many of them I played too. But yep. we review that list in class. And as soon as the students see themselves in the curriculum, it is a wrap. When, and if I don't know the title, because we do it on Zoom, I transition and I open it up and we all look at the game together and the student explains why they love it. That's the silver bullet that has been successful every single time. Put the students inside of the curriculum. Yeah, I love it. That's such a good tip, right? Anytime you can see yourself doing it, that's where things get really powerful uh, for the students. Every time. Um, okay, well, the last question I have for you, the last piece is, you know, aside from the usual resources we recommend, learn.unity.com, your free student license, your free educator license, things like that, um, what other resources do you recommend for educators or for anybody wanting to push forward in this world, whether just starting out or maybe more veteran? So uh, the best resources I found for learning Unity specifically is starting with yourself. If you've got a game idea, well, what would that game be? You write it down. Wait, how would that work? You write it down. Then you get to sort of decompartmentalize what it is you're trying to build. And secretly, you're making a curriculum for yourself. These are the things I need to learn. That is what I suggest our students do. That is why we iteratively take them through these courses and ask them to build their favorite mechanic. And then when you ask them, well, how are you going to build what you said you were going to do? You see that transformation happen. And it's no different for us as educators. We should start with what we know, obviously, and go from there. If you're a physics teacher, whoa, well, look at some games that employ some incredible physics. If you're a mathematician, yeah. look at those algorithms for how long the cooldown timers exist, these kinds of things. But that's right. where I would suggest start with you. Start with you and then move it forward. Well, man, I appreciate you taking the time. <laughs> I realize you're a busy individual with lots going on. And like, I know you and I could sit down and talk for hours. <laughs> we have a lot of connections through fighting games, esports, music, apparently, we discovered today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, any final thoughts, words, motivation, stuff you wanna share with our educator community out there before we jump forward or? I guess the biggest thing that I will say is as soon as you can think about the games, the parts of video games that exist outside of the playing, that's when the magic opens up. And just because you believe that you don't play video games, it doesn't mean you haven't experienced game-like user interface on your cell phone, right. on your favorite operating system. It's there in your life. If you can see what components you already engage with, you will see how broad this world is. And as mentioned in the TED Talk, there is not a single discipline that doesn't in some way connect to and through video games and esports industries, which means you belong there too. As an educator, you belong there too. As a student, you belong there too. And this... Hit me with one follow-up question. Sorry, I know I fake rapped on you, but uh, <laughs> you mentioned esports a few times. Uh, we will link uh, Dr. Alexander's TED Talk in the show notes, by the way, so you can all go to it, watch it. It's really good. Um, 
how like we see a lot of esports hitting you know universities high schools how do you feel those two worlds work together and do you have any sight on where the future of that lies or any hopes where the future of that lies so every time i get asked this question about esports i answer the exact same way the future of esports rests as it always has rested with the community as long as the community is involved in building the infrastructure and building the machines and building the location of the machines, as building the teams, building the collegiate infrastructure pedagogically on how it connects, we're going to be fine. The moment non-endemic folks try to explain to us community members how it works is where it right. typically falls apart. And it's the same thing with most disciplines. It's no different in the esports discipline either. You sound like a fighting game player. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. You know it. You know it. <laughs> Perfect, man. Well, thank you so much for your time. Um, we'll jump forward to the rest of this episode, but seriously, I'm so glad to have met you. Glad you're a part of what we're doing in this community. And um, yeah, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Happy so, to be thank here. Thank you so much, Dr. Alexander. Thank you yeah. so much. Happy to be here. All right, so part of the big bad back to school episode, which is the affectionate name for it. I don't think we're allowed to name it officially that, but I'm excited. Uh, we've got Alex Grady, a senior product manager here on the education team. How you doing, man? I'm doing really well. Um, and yeah, I think we should go back to marketing and rethink that name because big bad back to school, it's got a real ring to it. It's kind of good, right? Like it's, it's an alliteration, so it'll fit in a comic book. Um, yeah. It can be a little bit longer because we said big, so people won't be surprised. Like, there's just a lot of power in big, bad, back to school. <laughs> it carries white. I like it yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, good to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. No, I think I love introducing everybody in the community to members of our team because I think that, like, we forget how much time and energy goes into a lot of the products and a lot of the things available, you know. And we did, like, a small introduction episode to start the series off. But I think this is a big one to have you on because you just got done releasing a new product and there's been a bunch of questions about it and what better way to answer them than with some, some audio. So. Yeah. Well, hopefully I can answer some here. Um, and very excited to, to be releasing the unity education accelerator. It's been a long time in the making. We've been talking about various elements of this product for some years, it's right. solving problems that we've been noodling on for a long time. So yeah. It's very, it's an exciting moment for us at Unity and hopefully for folks that can join. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like since the day I walked in the door full time with y'all, we've been talking about like, how do we help educators skill up, right? In a scalable way. It's really hard because educators don't have a million years of free time during the day. Obviously, we're all busy folk. We're trying to figure out. And at scale, when we're a global team, it's hard. But the accelerator seems to really have some great ways to do that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, you know, uh, I think our biggest challenge just working on the Unity education team is, uh, is teaching real-time 3D skills is difficult. Right. It's really mm -hmm. hard. Um, and even for seasoned professionals, you know, people coming from industry, there's still the the facilitation part of it, you know. Right. There's, there's so much to, to learn. The, the technology is changing so quickly. And so, uh, how do we solve? How do we solve for educators that are both new and advanced? Right. Of like ensuring they feel empowered and equipped with everything they need to uh, to like kill it in the classroom, and you know, fill these quickly growing uh, industry roles and have their students go off and succeed. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we've, we've we've done our best to to put something together for that. 
So I'm going to try because I've been, you know, reading the marketing and working on some videos and stuff. I'm going to try to summarize it. And then I'd like you to correct me as I try to do this. Okay. I'll, um, I'll critique. So, you know, like the best way to learn is to teach. So I'm going to try to teach it and you can like correct me as I go through this. So you know, the education accelerator is built for educators to go through a self-paced and also instructor led program as a hybrid and get certified. And along with that, they're going to get specialized curriculum. They're going to get curricular frameworks that allow them to help build their own curriculum, access to certification vouchers, and they get like marketing materials as well to show that their institution or organization is part of this Unity Accelerator. Is that is that all correct? Or That was really well done, very succinct um, and well put. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's all about it's all about the um, certification, I guess, is at the heart of it. Yeah. Um, making sure that educators understand how to teach yep. certification, um, can learn from other talented, uh, inspirational educators to do that, have access to that, um, the exclusive curriculum to, to yep. get there. And yeah, partnership recognition. Um, it's really important. I know for schools to be able to attract students, particularly post-secondary, you know, um, lots of lots of changes in, in higher ed and um, obviously post-pandemic. Um, we've seen, you know, crises, I guess, in, in, yeah. in many in many parts of the world um, around higher education and how it's going to evolve. And yeah, the recognition part is really important to show that to students and also to community that you are, you're preparing that gateway for industry um, and you're the on-ramp for students. You're partnering with the, with industry and and what you're teaching has been vetted by industry experts. It's all really important stuff. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I wanted to ask them because you said higher education a couple of times. Um, mm-hmm. but we've had a couple questions in like some of our community spaces and I want to make sure you've also mentioned that like, while the marketing is not currently directed at like K through 12, there is an opportunity for like secondary high school, right? To use mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Um, by no means are we, uh, by, we did sort of disallowing any high school, um, educators who feel that they'd want to join this. There are, um, of course, challenges when you're teaching high school students around privacy and mm. depending on what region you are and what the laws are in that region and in terms of creating accounts for students, access to software like Unity. So, um, yeah, it, in terms of it, in terms of the if those things aren't a blocker for schools, gotcha. um, absolutely would welcome and and think that this. Would be um, would be a worthwhile solution if they're trying to get started quickly or they're trying to go further um, with Unity, particularly for the older ages, of course. Yeah, definitely. Um, cool. I just wanted to clear that up because we had some questions, and I think you know, there's we like to support everybody and wanted to make sure everybody knew that. So, a big part that I'm excited about, Alex, is the professional development part that's tied in with the accelerator. Um, I could also be excited because that's the part that I'm going to be engaging with the most. So it's just the most <laughs> you know, present of mind. That's the part um, I'm most excited about as well. It's, it's something that I think we've needed for so long, right? I think you kind of summed it up, but I hear so often talking to educators of like, hey, I'm an English teacher, I'm a math teacher, I'm a science teacher, and now I've been handed CTE or I'm new to CTE or maybe I do cybersecurity, but I've never done game development, right? Or I do Java, mm-hmm. but I don't do C Sharp. And so I'm really excited that we have a way to give teachers that kind of pathway to certification for the teachers themselves, but then also to integrate you know, with the students. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about what that program is going to be like and how that came to fruition? Yeah. Um, so 
you know, that, that like I mentioned at the start, is probably a thing that we've been noodling on for so long. Um, yeah. We've been fortunate enough to, um, in the last few years, be able to do these large, um, scaled professional development experiences, which right. have which have been around, you know, um, VR, programming, um, and we've had thousands of learners go through those, um, educators, I should say, go through those. And those are great. Um, but there's always been that the desire from us to, to be able to provide smaller groups, smaller mm-hmm. cohort, um, more highly scaffolded um, experiences where you're actually able to engage not only with your instructor, um, mm-hmm. expert instructor, and go through really engaging product uh, projects, mm-hmm. but work with um, fellow educators and build uh, networks and um, get inspired by others. And that's really hard to do, obviously, at scale because um, some of those things can be quite costly um, yeah. in terms of the amount of sessions. And, you know, uh, if I could wave a magic wand, um, I'd be able to give that to everyone for free. Um, right. But we are able to, we're able to build, um, you know, invest in building the tools and the, um, the features on our Unity Learn platform to be able to do some of that hybrid learning stuff that we've been thinking about for so yeah. long. Um, so it's the self-paced element to it, the, the um, doing going for those certification pathway courses, uh, as well as um, check-ins with your uh, cohort right. and getting your questions answered at, and having that uh, community support in private community groups. Um, yeah, I'm very excited for both having seen the curriculum that's coming um, yeah. and how engaging and cool those projects are um, and Really excited to see educators get those into the classroom, um, but also, uh, you know, some some of the rock star instructors that we're going to have as well, <clears throat> um, yourself included. Uh, you've been roped in, as always, um, to to be, you know, to bring the big guns in when when needed. I'm I'm excited. I you know not to you know toot my own horn, but I love like that's my favorite part of this role, right? Is teaching. I, I love it. I love engaging with the educators. So when I was asked, I was trying to act like I was like, oh, you know, I'm real busy, but I'm pretty excited actually to be <laughs> engaging. It's going to be cool. Um, and specifically, I think with this curriculum, because you know I've been able to see quite a bit of it behind the scenes and help you know guide some of the development. And while it's not all brand new to today, it is all stuff that we haven't really done live learning around before. And I find that to mm-hmm. be really exciting. Um, the way it's been put together and we tested and really pressure tested everything first is really cool so that it's, we know it hits all the objectives and it lines up with all the objectives, which I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. And I particularly, well, so um, I, I don't know anyone listening who has been through create with code, create with VR, the right. rock star instructional designer, um, Aaron Sharp is, has led the way on these courses and uh, in Aaron fashion has created yep. these like exceptional projects that are like, uh, that are low floor, high ceiling, I guess you yep. could say, you know, easy, easy to get started with and sink your teeth into and really understand the fundamentals and concepts behind um, these different, uh, these different, I guess, certification outcomes. But um, also, you know, such space to kind of do whatever you want and um, create things that are going to be obviously for educators, fantastic to show their students what they've achieved um, and how far you can go with the Unity Editor and, you know, for those more experienced educators to, you know, 
put a lot of pizzazz in it, but yep. um, also for students, most importantly, to have those portfolio pieces at the end, you know, that yeah. are like really impressive, but also um, show a lot of personality and, and um, personal, you know, um, creative style. Yeah. And that's so important because we talk about this a lot with educators or anybody, but like industry certifications are important in industry to a point, right? They get your, they get your resume floated to the top of the pile or up a little bit in the pile. But at mm-hmm. the end of the day, that portfolio is really important. And so I feel like this helps set students up for that one, two punch, right? Of here, I know, I know what I'm talking about and let me show you, I know what I'm talking about, which I think is so powerful. Exactly. Yeah. All feet in the door mm-hmm. tools. Yeah. And, um, and, Obviously, having experienced educators joining those sessions as well, I think is going to be a big, big part of it to yeah. inspire by kind of showing, hey, here are some here are some things that we do with our students to get them ready for um, for industry. Yeah. Um, here's, here's here are things that have worked for us. Um, so, yeah, I think that you know, out of the learning that I've done, I've, I've always appreciated a lot um, having you know, the, the, um, boots on the ground kind of aspect and perspective, um, to hear from others' experiences. Definitely. And I think I'm excited too. I mean, and we'll, I want to talk about timing next, but you know, I'm excited too, because once the educators have gone through this and experienced it, they know the curriculum, they've, they've done the certification. Now they know what their students are expecting, right. And they can go through and then help their students get to that end goal, which just makes them even better at mentoring, which I'm, I'm really excited about, right? And they can deep, totally. dip into those credits, get their students to practice exams or just the voucher exams, depending on how much they need and mm-hmm. get them taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the idea. Um, so let's talk about how we're planning on timing these cohorts so people can know the time commitment. So you mentioned there's some in-person, you mentioned there's some self-paced. And from what I understand, there's you know three parts to this. There's the live pods, there's the everybody live sessions, and then there's the self-paced work. Is that is that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct, yeah. So, uh, the essentially, so timing for the course courses, are like a three week introduction, um, to start with these certification courses, mm-hmm. three week introduction, introduction about, um, teaching unity. So an overview of like getting started, um, the foundations of unity, building your own unity course, things to consider, um, how to set up your classroom. Uh, all of that, all of that stuff is really important hearing from others around kind of pedagogical approaches um, and the technical aspects as well, which is really important. And then um, for these 13-week versions of this course, although they'll be available as well in the summer as condensed courses for folks that don't have the the time during um, the semester, they have a 10-week uh, the, the the final part is the ten week preparation for the for the certification. So available in twenty twenty four will be preparation for the associate game developer certification, which is by far our most popular yep. um, certification on the market and a really fantastic foundational one. And um, that's been recently had a lot of obviously we've got the the new preparation materials, but also the exams had ha, um, uh, had an overhaul yep. and. Um, yeah, so that that the the ten week is includes those in person sessions, um, the uh, the self paced element, um, and the as well the kind of asynchronous and live chat um, yeah. aspect as well um, in the community chat discussion board. Got you. So twenty twenty four, thirteen weeks. Um, 
and that will be the game dev. And then of course, um, over time, we'll, I assume, adding other certifications to the pipeline as we That's grow and expand and see the need. Cool. Exactly. As well as um, there's going to also be some short workshop um, workshops for folk. Mm. We want to be able to bring the latest um, from Unity in terms of our tools. So yeah. providing workshops for folks in the accelerator who, uh, for instance, on the latest LTS version next year, when that comes out, uh, there's a lot of uh, new tools in the works um, yeah. that you know will be really exciting when they come out next year, and we'll, we'll have um, workshops on those so folks can understand um, yeah, the exciting new world of real-time 3D, and it is changing rapidly, and um, a lot of new tools, you know, to, to learn about, um, yeah. particularly in the AI space. Yeah, I was wondering if that was the hint you were dropping, because yeah, I think next year is going to be a big year for that, and I've already had a lot of educators asking, so I'm excited to see what happens um, as we grow that and build it out. But, and exactly. I think, yeah. you know, if you want to learn more about what might be happening next year, I, I can't make any promises, but I have a feeling that maybe attending Unite in Amsterdam might be a good idea. That might be where you'll find out about a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, jump we'll on a plane to Amsterdam. Yeah, just get on a plane. It's no big deal. Um, well, Alex, I, we've already gone longer than I said we would, and I don't want to hold you too much longer. And I think we've really done a good job kind of covering everything coming out with this education accelerator, answer as many questions. Um, of course, if you're listening to this and you have further questions, post them in Discord, post them in the Facebook group. Um, you can send an email to rtrecap at unity3d.com and we'll check them and address them live as well. But before we finish up the interview, Alex, is there any final words or thoughts you want to share with the community before we call it call it good? No, just, um, you know, I hope you're all, <laughs> hope you're all uh, easing into the, the new term well and just always inspired to hear what you're up to in the community, um, whether it's Discord or Facebook, please continue posting. Um, it's That's the best part of our job is uh, seeing what you're doing in the classroom and that inspires our work and gets us excited um, and just grateful for everything that you do, supporting our students, um, you know, making them future ready and making cool stuff. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Thanks so much for your time, and, man. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, and feel ahead. free to reach out. I should say, feel free to yeah. reach out um, to me in the community. I'm there and checking those messages. And uh, please email, like Thomas said, um, answer any of your questions or set up time to chat. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Time Recap, the Unity Education Team's podcast about what's going on in industry and your link to finding more resources to teaching the world of real time 3D. If you have questions, comments, concerns, want to discuss the topic, send an email to rtrecap at unity3d.com. Make sure to review and subscribe, and we'll see you next time.